Oh man, this is the episode you've been waiting for. It's the Children's Ministry Annual Training Podcast. So if you want to work with kids at our church, and by work with them, I mean like do what we're called to biblically, like Deuteronomy 6, raise our kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, teach them to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. Well, then this podcast is for you because we want to do that safely. We want to do that well. We want to do that in line with her insurance requirements. So this is the annual training that we ask you to listen to. It shouldn't take you long. There's a quiz in, uh, attached in the podcast notes, or you can check that out in the newsletter. I will also email it to you and also impress it upon your foreheads and your door frames. So, uh, yeah, so enjoy this podcast. We got Davey Walker, Jen Whitcomb, myself, and Steve Morgan, live audience, because he kept us in line. Uh, there's a lot that I've, we didn't think to say that we'll get out to you some other way, but uh, this is a good start. So listen, enjoy, and be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the annual Children's Ministry Podcast. I am joined here with the Davey Walker. Heyo. Jen Whitcomb. Hello. Steve Morgan. He waves his hand. And Neil Wollard, our technical advisor. Woo! Um, you can thank Neil later. He is the reason we can hear Jen. <laughs> yes, um, thank you for that. And shows us how to plug in the third microphone into the one labeled number three. <laughs> All right, so we, th by listening to this podcast, you will be uh, on your way to serving with children in the 2022-2023 school year. You are required to listen to this podcast by law. Um, <laughs> if you want to work with kids at Henson, actually, our insurance policy really does require an annual safety check at, and training, and this is what's happening in this podcast. Also, church staff and elders, we'd appreciate if you listen to this as well. You need to take a quiz at the end to prove that you love children. Um, and r really, though, again, our insurance policy does really require us to do annual training with our volunteers, and this is it. Uh, you have until July 31st to complete the quiz. And so what we're going to do, uh, what the plan is, is we're going to ask one another questions about frequently asked questions in children's ministry or updates to our policy. If you are the kind of person who likes to look over the, the nitty gritty of our policies, uh, you can check that out on the website. We're also updating that. Um, so we'll have a revised document on our website and for our volunteers ASAP. But that, I think that's called our children's ministry uh, policy, children's ministry protection policy, Steve. I think that's correct. Sounds good. Good. Um, so we want to get things going in the right direction. Why, Jen, do we not change the diapers that are dirty? <laughs> what a great question. Um, we do not change dirty diapers anymore. Um, it's something that started during COVID as an extra protection for our workers. Bodily fluids were kind of a no-go during COVID. And then I'm was, never a huge fan of bodily right? fluids to begin with. You know, me neither, but it was convenient that we had to stop. And then it actually worked out pretty well. Um, parents will get texts if their children need to be changed, and it works great for them to come down. Honestly, on a given Sunday, we might have one person that needs to get called down. So sometimes none. So it works great. COVID taught us many things, yeah. one of which is, wait, if we don't need to change these diapers as volunteers, you know? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Yes. And uh, Silver lining. Yes. So uh, you're welcome, volunteers. Thank you, parents, for understanding. Uh, Davey, let's back up from the diapers. I just wanted to get us off to a good start. Um, but let's talk about the check-in process. Um, 
so we check in kids. What does that look like? Correct. Yeah. So when you arrive on a Sunday um, and you walk up our main staircase, you're going to go into kind of that welcome area and you'll see some iPads set up um, and simply take your kids over there. Uh, you input your phone number. Most people that are listening to this are already going to be in the system um, and your names are going to come up with or your children's names are going to come up uh, simply click on those and it's really important for us to have you go through that process because we want every child that shows up downstairs to actually be checked into the system so we know who's there um, and potentially who's missing as well um, and so as no child left behind no child <laughs> amen no child left behind so as you arrive or as, as the kids arrive downstairs uh, they should have a name tag with them if they do not have a name tag with them um, as the teacher we need you to send them back upstairs to make sure that they are checked in and then on the back end when parents come and pick them up they should have another sticker as well that corresponds with their child and if you're a volunteer listening to this which that's most everybody listening to this i would assume you yourself uh check in as well is that right Yes, we do that. So you get a name tag too. It's not just the kids who get stickers, but we give stickers to the adults Everyone as well. Everyone gets stickers at Henson. <laughs> uh, big fan of stickers. If you want a Disciple Henson uh, podcast sticker, you can talk to Brian Lewis or see me afterwards. The the swag is uh, is alive and well. Jen, do volunteers really need to check the claim tags before they give them back to their parents? Yes, please, please check the claim tags. Um, we have them for a reason. It's so that we know we're giving the child back to the appropriate adult. Um, it's just an added layer of protection. We just want to make sure the kids are going back where they belong. And it's just good to get in the habit of doing that and asking for that because it's like always the the one time that, you know, maybe in 10 years that you need to do that correctly. Uh, I mean, that's why we have that in place. And if you just get in the habit of doing that, even with people you know, even though it seems cumbersome, it'll save us for that maybe one situation where we really needed to do that to keep our policy. Is yeah, that correct? absolutely. We're liable for that. So we need to do that. Good call. Um, I guess I get to ask a question. Dan. Oh, I was hoping you'd ask no, a question. I know. You get to answer questions, too. So we are going to talk now about the makeup of volunteers in the room. And the first thing I want to know is, can a married couple serve in a classroom together? Yes. Yes. But there needs to be another adult that is unrelated to that married couple also serving in that classroom. Okay. So what about a married couple and a teenager in a classroom? Uh, that is also okay. We love it when we'll get to this a little later, um, but we love it to have our teenagers, our uh, kids who are cleared to work with children ages 12 and above, so 12 to 18. They are really helpful having extra hands on deck uh, to play with the kids, to kind of train them, to serve, um, but they don't actually count as an adult. We'll talk about that later. Um, you know, for some people, they might think these, these rules of having to have an unrelated adult, that this creates like a suspicion on, on a couple, or this seems legalistic. Uh, but really, this is just another way that we seek to protect kids who are entrusted to our care. We want to have a healthy skepticism when it comes to uh, the potential for um, for abuse, which, you know, we're hearing a lot about in the news these days. So these are the ways that we have agreed with our insurance to keep kids safe, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think one other thing I thought of with married couples is sometimes if you're serving together, it feels like you're just parenting together if you have kids in the home already. So sometimes it's nice to be serving in a different capacity in different rooms. We have several married couples that serve at the same time, but in different places. So sometimes that works better too. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah, I appreciate you adding that. Davey, this is perhaps the most 
key question uh, thing we want to talk about on the podcast today. This is the, the biggest change is what time do I need to show up as a volunteer, uh, particularly in the morning and working with childcare? Yeah, so you're right, Dan. This is going to be a big change. Um, we are asking our volunteers to actually start showing up at 10 a.m., um, and that's not just showing up to church, grabbing coffee, socializing, and then checking in, but it's actually checking in and being in the room uh, at 10 a.m. Um, and one of the biggest reasons why is we cannot let the parents and the kids or the kids be separate from the parents without two unrelated workers in the kids' classroom. Um, and so it creates this awkward tension as Parents are striving to drop off their kids to get up to the service, and we just have to awkwardly have them wait, and sometimes wait and wait and wait until both volunteers are actually present in the room. So by moving us up to 10, uh, we're giving ample time for you as volunteers to get down there, get acclimated with the room, and especially as fall comes and we're striving to kind of bulk up some of the curriculum of things, it also gives the opportunity for both or multiple volunteers to kind of just talk through, hey, this is what the next hour and a half is going to look like with our kids. Um, here's the lesson plan, you know, et cetera. Um, and then for Sunday nights, uh, it's, it's looking pretty similar to what it's at right now. We're asking volunteers to be there at 445. Um, and again, we recognize on the Sunday night, there's not a formal check-in process, uh, but it's the same thing. We need at least two volunteers to be present to be able to have children dropped off. And so we really do ask those aren't suggested times. Uh, they are the time that you need to be there. Um, and so we recognize that we're asking more of our volunteers. Uh, but we think this is just one small way in which we can go above and beyond to love and to serve the families of Henson and the many visitors that come throughout the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought you spoke to that well, Davey. And I think one of the reasons we, why we want to raise the bar for our children's ministry uh, volunteers is um, because of how crucial of a ministry this is to the life of the church. And uh, we want to communicate, not just by having people show up earlier to like, oh, well, we're making them show up earlier to show, to prove that we think children are important, is uh, it actually, it has a cascading effect if we're showing up late. I think it just communicates something. If we're, if we're showing up closer to 1030, that's going to just back everything up in terms of what time those parents get into the corporate worship service. Um, and also, in order to have an excellent uh, program, I think, like you spoke to in terms of the teachers having an opportunity to, to talk briefly, even before the kids arrive, of what, what is the plan going to look like. Mm -hmm. uh, Jen, anything to add about that new 10 a.m. time? That's going to affect you. You're going to be serving, God willing, at the desk. You're going to be getting there right. earlier uh, to welcome families, to right. help help our volunteers get into the right place. Um, anything to add on that? Uh, I think just reiterating that it is a big deal that we show our parents and their kids that we care about them. And one of the ways we can do that really well is by being ready for them. Um, it really communicates something different if we're rushing in at the last minute, if they have to wait, if they're trying to check their kid in, if their kid's getting moved to a different room. It just, um, we do know what we're doing, but it communicates that we don't. And so you as a volunteer can really help us with that, especially like the desk ladies so that we're not trying to track you down, find you upstairs, et cetera, et cetera. It'll just be a much smoother process and really communicate the fact that we love our family as well. And one of the ways we're gonna experiment with what this will look like, 
but we we recognize the reality that sometimes you're running late some oh, things sure. things happen and you're not going to be judged or shamed <laughs> however we will say that um we're not going to open up that classroom for kids until it is staffed with two unrelated cleared adults um and that we're gonna we're even gonna try so we don't get bottlenecked downstairs in case there's like maybe maybe there's a marathon happening in portland and a bunch of volunteers are running late even in that circumstance um we're not going to have the families and the kids come downstairs from the check-in area until we have for that classroom for that family two unrelated adults who are cleared ready to open up that classroom so so families will be waiting in the welcome center until volunteers until you're ready right. uh, until you're checked in and, and ready to go uh, that might fluctuate a little bit in terms of how we implement this we're still kind of figuring it out and when when this actually goes into effect is still to be determined but uh, you heard it here first friends <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning that's the key time and then 4 45 in the evening Davey, I think you have a question for me. Yeah, one thing I was going to add to is just we recognize things do come up. Um, and so there's going to be mornings where, again, there's a marathon or, or you're behind schedule or whatnot. The key for us is just communicating that with us. Um, so whoever is kind of your desk lady for that day, make sure you have their number in your phone um, and just reach out. Because even if it's like, hey, I'm going to be at, there at 1010, giving them that knowledge just helps them do their job and care for the whole wing downstairs better. Um, but so hypothetical situation, Dan, um, it's Saturday night and I'm throwing up, Ford's throwing up. I prefer not to think about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gross in the Walker household. Uh, and, but I'm supposed to serve the next day. So obviously I can't serve. What do I do? How do I find a sub? Uh, suck it up. Okay. Take some medicine and get there. <laughs> Half of life is showing up. We run a drill sergeant. I mean, I'm gonna, we're going to be drill, drill sergeants this year. No, but really, yeah, you can't serve if you're showing, if you're showing symptoms of uh, being ill. And so um, the, way, the easiest way to find a sub is to switch with someone on, already on the rotation. I think that's what most of our volunteers do. They see, oh, um, you know, Sarah is serving next week. Maybe we can switch. And uh, she can serve for me this week and, and next week. Hopefully, I'll be feeling you'll feel be feeling better, and you can serve in her uh, in her role in the same classroom. Um, so it's easier to just switch with people who are already serving in the same room. That's probably the best way. But we do hope to have a sub list of people who aren't on the rotation um, in in serving, but they're cleared to work with kids and they're willing to be a sub in that situation. So we hope to have an updated list once those people listen to this podcast and take the quiz and we'll have an updated kind of 2022, 2023 list for you. Anything I missed, Jen or Davey? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, uh, kind of switching gears, Dan, I think most of us um, are aware that Camille has retired from her position as the um, children's ministry ad administrator. <laughs> um, Sounds right to me. Something like that. So what are what are we doing now? Are we just is it a free for all? Is anyone in charge? That's a doing? good question. We're, we're just doing whatever's right in our own eyes yeah, now. Totally. No. Um, and, and Davey hinted at this earlier, like, who do you contact? What if you don't know who the desk lady is who's serving that week? 
um, who do you reach out with with questions or concerns just in children's ministry in general? That's a great question. Um, we do hope to have an additional person on staff in the future for children's ministry, just FYI, and we can talk more about that in other contexts if you have questions. But for now, we're so thankful for you, Davey, who is handling the um, kind of the volunteers and getting the rotation in place for this next school year. The email goes out from you now about reminding to serve. Um, so people can always get in touch with you. Is that correct, Davey, if they're unable to, to serve that week or if they need to make a switch? Um, yeah, I would say I'm the primary person to connect with. So um, Davey Walker, you can find him in the church directory. Because otherwise what happens is you send an email to somebody else and they just forward that email to me. And so you right. can get out the middleman. You can email me, text me, call me. Um, Do people ever contact your dad who has the same name? Uh, about not, these things. Not, not for these things, I don't think. Not but, yet. You know, he, he'd be a great resource as he well. He would be a good so. one to talk to. They could reach out to Jen, who is our children's okay. ministry deacon, and Steve, who is here, live audience. So Steve's serving as our, is our safety administrator deacon. Is that what we call you? Sounds about right. Okay. So you can, you can contact Steve if you have questions. And then I continue to serve as kind of the elder overseeing our ministry to children and families. Um, so that's kind of the the lay of the land. Anything that you would add, Jen? No, I think that's a good hierarchy. If you have questions on, like, let's say the day you're serving, probably talk to the lady at the desk first, kind of as a, like a first person to talk to, and then they can reach out from there. If there's questions that come up from families or in the rooms looking for resources, that kind of thing as well. Great. Or yep. concerns as well. Great. Uh, Jen, what what's your vision for room leaders um, how would I lead a room into the next century? <laughs> um, this is kind of a new thing that we're going to try this year as we think about the structure for the classrooms. Coming out of COVID, we were just, it's kind of a soft start, just getting back into the classroom, getting kids engaged again. Some of them had never been in children's ministry before, so um, we didn't have a ton of structure. Going forward, we will. And um, for our room leaders, man, I guess my vision is just, yet another um, person that can be in charge, someone that has a plan for the day, um, that will be working as a team. Um, it's hard to have a team without a leader. And so even if there's only two volunteers in a room, one of them will be the one in charge that has the schedule, that knows what, the cur what curriculum we're using, maybe if there's a craft, whatever. Just someone that is another point person that can help families answer questions and know what's going on in, in any given day. I think that'll be really helpful. I was just coaching Little League last night, and uh, I'm one of four coaches, and we were all uh, telling the kids different positions to go out to the next inning, nice. and we realized there's too many cooks in the kitchen. It would be helpful for just one person to be in charge of the lineup and the positions, and in a similar way, it's helpful if, uh, and you don't have to have like a degree in elementary education or child, child development right. in order to do this. Maybe you're just someone who has served in children's ministry before. And uh, you, you like to be someone who kind of, you know, gives orders. <laughs> no, you're someone who, you know, who is, is willing to kind of take on that responsibility of, uh, you know, being there on time and helping, uh, you know, people maybe who are new to serving in children's ministry or people who have served a long time just know kind of how you're going to divide up uh, responsibilities or things like that. 
we're not going to be like it's not going to become a whole a whole different ball of wax though in terms of serving with children we may- oh no yeah no. it'll be very similar i think the the only difference will be that we'll probably reach out to some of our volunteers and ask if this is something they'd be interested in and you can definitely say no it's not like you have to rise to the occasion if you don't feel comfortable leading um but yeah we'll be reaching out to certain individuals who have worked in children's or seem confident teaching the kids or leading the kids wrangling the kids um but it won't look that much different really great just a little more organized that's great um davy maybe i'm one of the youth volunteers uh who's serving on wednesday nights or sunday mornings and i'm listening to this podcast so far and i'm thinking uh none of this really applies to what i do with uh the youth why am i even here in general or why, why am i why am <laughs> i listening to this podcast <laughs> yeah. um so what uh we don't require um our youth leaders to be cleared to work with kids anymore even though youth are technically kids so what what gives yeah that's right um kind of the youth at 12 to 17 category um, we're not requiring them to kind of watch the child abuse prevention videos um yet we still think this this information is is helpful uh to know. Um, and ultimately, we highly value uh, the youth that want to serve. That's one of the things I love about Henson is on any given Sunday, we have a number of kids Sunday morning and Sunday night um, serving with uh, our children. And so in many ways, we, we want our kids to keep serving in that capacity. Uh, but we also recognize that they currently don't go towards any of our ratios for kind of student or kid to um, adult ratio. Uh, but I mean, really, I want them to know this information because it's, it's valuable information to know. And they could actually bless um, the adult leaders in those classrooms as well as we serve. And for youth volunteers, um, we're going to have hopefully within the next few months, some specific policies and instruction and guidance for just the safety of our youth going forward since so much of what we've been talking about thus far is specifically aimed at keeping uh you know the child care the the sunday morning classes that we um, have on sunday morning um keeping those kids safe uh so any anything else to add on that jen no i think that's it um for parents who have children in the ages 12 to 17 category who did watch the child abuse prevention videos we do think you know that can be helpful and if you're a parent and if you think um that would be a good thing for to begin a conversation or to continue a conversation you've been having with your teenager we're going to leave that up to the parents because you you know your kids the best um and all adults are required to watch those videos who are cleared to work with the kids at least in the beginning of the process but again uh, after talking to a number of parents we're no longer requiring our child helpers to watch those videos but they are free to do so uh, so just wanted to make that that distinction. Um, Davey, one question we get sometimes is what's up with the ratios? Do we require like one adult per kid in each of those in each of our classrooms? What's what's our what's our ratio of uh, adult to, to kids? Yeah, luckily, we do not have a one to one ratio. I think that'd be quite difficult to man uh, week in, week out. Uh, but we do have Steve. <laughs> when when I came to Henson, like it seemed like for Matt camp, there was a one to one ratio of uh, adults to ki- to campers. Is, th- is that about right? That's about right. About right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Matt. Camp. Shout out to mm-hmm. Matt camp. 
Uh, but we do have kind of our official minimum ratios uh, that we're working with. And this is really, as we said earlier, we have to meet these marks to make sure that we're having um, our children be, be, be safe. Um, and so kind of the zero to 24 months, so zero to two years, uh, it's a one to three ratio. So one volunteer for three kids. Uh, for two-year-olds, it's one volunteer to four kids three to four years old um, is one to six, and then first through fifth grade is one to seven. So obviously as you're seeing as they get older, uh, we have less ratio or a wider ratio to work with. Um, but at the end of the day, we, every Sunday, uh, staff our classrooms very generously. Uh, so we're actually above and beyond on those ratios to make sure that our kids are taken care of. And that's also where even though our teen helpers don't count towards those ratios, it can just be helpful to have uh, them there with the kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, I served down s Sunday night a few weeks ago, and without those teen helpers, it would have been a much more difficult night. <laughs> yeah. So I very much appreciate the them. The teens are awesome. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. Now, if if you are someone um, in the church or if you have kids who are about to turn 12 um, or, you know, are in that ages 12 to 17 age, and they'd be interested in serving in children's ministry, uh, what they need to do, I, I guess, Davey, I took this question away from you. Go for it. So I'm going to ask my question and then answer it. <laughs> um, what What do they need to do to get cleared? Um, so they Again, they are no longer required to watch the uh, child abuse prevention videos, but we do um, ask for some references. So they need to choose who would be a good reference and uh, needs to be someone who's not related to them. Um, and uh, they need to fill out an application. Um, and Steve... Anything else that we ask of them? Jen? I think that's it. Um, yeah. Okay. So you can you can get in touch with Steve Morgan for that process, mm -hmm. and he'll lead you through that process, but it's not quite as involved as our adults um, for what they need to do to get right. cleared to work with kids. Mm -hmm. um, Jen, I think you have one final question for me. And then I just have a few a few words, a, a, a benediction to, to leave you with. Before your benediction, yeah. um, I mean, I just wanted to say that this was probably the best podcast ever. Um, and now that I've listened to this, um, how do how do I go forward? What do I do as a volunteer, either a new volunteer or maybe even an old volunteer as well? This is where we're so thankful for Steve, uh, who we, we've given multiple shout outs for. But if you're not cleared to work with kids or you're not sure if you're cleared to work with kids, you can check with Steve and he'll tell you what you need to do to get cleared uh, so you can safely work with children. Um, again, if you're someone who is currently serving and on the rotation, like maybe you're even about to serve this next Sunday, um, that doesn't mean that you're cleared to serve uh, this coming fall. Uh, just because you're cleared right now, we, we need to, you need to be, go through an, this annual process and complete the quiz, which the link is in the podcast notes, or we'll email you the link. So be looking for uh, the, the link to this quiz that goes with this podcast in your inboxes. Um, if you haven't received that or you need access to that, reach out to, to Davey or to Steve Morgan or Jen or myself. Um, and then once you do that, Davey will be placing you on the rotation based on how you answer some of those questions in the quiz slash survey for the 2022-2023 school year. Um, so that won't be a rotation that's set in stone, but we'll ask if you're happy with where you've been placed on the rotation. Um, and then we will seek to publish that rotation uh, sometime in August 2022. Um, please 
it will help us immensely if you go if you do this process sooner rather than later um, so that we can have these classes uh, for the families uh, ready to go come fall 2022 um, so again we are so thankful for for our church family we're all in this together uh, this is um, a quite a privilege to to serve in this way and uh, I appreciate all those who, who take the extra time, not only just to listen to this podcast and to do to, you know, what can feel like jumping through the hoops to serve the kids, but so we can all be on the same page of knowing that we're, what we're doing is, is the way that is safest for the kids and to create a good atmosphere f- uh, for that. Um, the deadline, I, I can't remember if I said this yet, but the deadline to complete the quiz is July 31st. So the, and the first person to complete the quiz uh, gets a $100 Eastside coffee gift card on Davy Walker. So he'll treat you to, well, maybe not $100. Maybe we'll just take off a zero there. A $10, $10 <laughs> Eastside. So uh, we did that last year, and it was a roaring success. I think we had um, two or three people listen to the podcast and uh, complete the quiz. So thank you, uh, Dulcia Jim. And <laughs> no, uh, a number of you guys did this last year. So thank you for listening again. Um, if you have feedback or questions, please reach out to any of us. Uh, anything else that you want to say, Davey, Jen? think you covered it yep uh that was the same set you know i just found out that we can change the sound sound effects oh boy. I, as we were trying to get jen's mic online i found the button where we can uh change that so they'll all be um star wars themed from from here on out Very good nice. choice uh actually i i probably wouldn't be able to figure out how to do that <laughs> hey thanks everybody for listening